Is there a world inside the Earth that's just waiting to be rediscovered? Why are mysterious holes being found across the globe? Is Antarctica part of a bigger cover-up that nobody has been able to get to the bottom of? Well, with John Vivanco's remote viewing of distant events and places, plus me, Rob Counts, with my deep occult research, you're in for a really metaphysical show. Welcome, everyone. John, how are you? Good. Doing well. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Um, it really is. I mean, Inner Earth, yeah, you know, like what you were saying earlier, Inner Earth is, it just pulls on that, like, 10-year-old boy thing inside of me. You know, yeah. It's just, I literally, every single time I go out, you know, because I, I mean, I'm always going out and trying to find weird stuff, going into the forest, whatever. I'm always hoping for that cave with the staircase that goes right down into it. I mean, you know, like forget the Goonies and finding the treasure, right? The pirate ship cave full of treasure. Forget about that. Let's, let's just pass that and go to inner earth. Or yeah, or like some kind of ancient dwarvish door in a mountain that you can enter and, and like it unveils its secrets to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing. And, and I mean, there's so many stories. Like I was just shocked when we were doing some of the research for, I mean, not only the accumulated research that I have done, but even just research for this episode at how many things I was coming across that is staring us in the face that nobody's looking at. And, and, and why is that? Why is nobody daring to look at the inner earth theory and and why is it considered one of these big conspiracy theories that that no one really wants to touch with a 10-foot pole i mean what do you think well i mean think about the surface world that we're on and then how much could potentially be under the surface of this planet like all of the accumulated living spaces and you know all of the projects that we go into um that have to do with uh, ancient civilization or giants, there's always these, these like rabbit holes that you run down with regard to these projects, because at a certain point it comes up. A lot of the information is that these beings who used to live on the surface found their way underground and started to live underground because of cataclysms, because of wars on the surface. So there's a lot of room down there to apparently grow. And I mean, we see it over and over again in these weird projects. So it's like, you got to like go off on these little side channels, these little cul-de-sacs within these projects. Like for instance, the giants, uh, around Mount Shasta. Okay. So there's a story, JC Brown's, um, uh, story of the lost cave full of giant mummies happened in 1903 when he found this, he was searching for gold in the Cascades. So he claims that he came across this tunnel that went 11 miles underground. And there he found what he thought was, the king and queen of Lemuria or the king and queen of Telos. And they were giants like eight feet tall and they had royal garb on and found all this treasure, all this stuff there. So, so we, we found out that the story was true through remote viewing. I tried to track it down, try to find the cave, like on the ground in around Mount Shasta. I found these old petroglyphs that led to the site. And, and one of the things that we found out about why, they went underground was because there was a massive cataclysm happening at that time. So when we say massive cataclysm, are we talking about comet hitting the earth or are we talking about flood like Noah's flood? We're talking about both, both. It's, it was, it was, it was something akin to comet hitting the earth and, uh, problems with the sun. 
Um, so when you get into these ancient cultures, the ancient cultures were very focused on what was happening in the sky very interesting. Um, because there was a lot of disruption going on. And right. so a lot of them went underground to survive. And we see this in all these projects. I mean, even when we looked at the so-called Nephilim, a lot of the Nephilim had made their way underground to set up civilizations underground. So it seems like there's a huge convergence point with all these other weird projects that eventually lead to, gosh, everybody's living underground now. And how long before we're living underground? You know, that's scary, scary thought. But, yeah. you know, with everything the way that it's going, uh, it won't be very long before AI takes us over or there's a cataclysm because humans are crazy right now. Right. Hey, right. So related to what you just said, which is very interesting, problems with the sun. All of this research that I've done on Saturn points to the fact that Saturn used to be in the sky as the sun that was giving Earth its its heat. Uh, and, and there could have been more than one sun. We don't know exactly how that relates to the the sun that we're we're currently um, you know revolving around. But at some point in the in the in the distant future, Saturn was apparently the sun. The and we see evidence of this through coins that that are actually in different civilizations if you look at the the ancient romans had coins that had a star with a crescent right and the star with the crescent was supposed to symbolize saturn in the sky at the time and they're constantly talking about bringing back this golden age this golden age which was this time that even the egyptians were talking about saturn was in the sky there was some sort of ejection from saturn the, and and the, the light from the sun was hitting this ejection, which was creating the crescent in the sky. There you go. These are some Roman coins. And now what's interesting is Roman was a, Rome was also called Saturn or Saturnia at the time. And I, I think you and I are probably going to do an entire episode just on Saturn at some point because it's such a rabbit hole. But Absolutely. the crazy thing is, you know, these cataclysmic things right? That at the time, let's say this, let's say this was in the distant past. Like, we don't know if that was, um, you know, Atlantis, maybe during that time in Atlantis. Like, personally, I think that what happened with Atlantis was humans had just gotten too messed up, kind of like the direction we're going in now, right? It just keeps getting worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, there's a cataclysm and there's a restart. Hopefully that doesn't happen, you know, currently with everything going on, but there were people at the time that knew that this was coming and they went underground. Not all of them were good. Noah got direction to build his ark, you know, and he, uh, and he gets into, he gets into the ship and they waited out the, the cataclysm in a ship, but there were others who had deeper, deeper knowledge. And I'm not saying these were good. These may have been satanic individuals who went underground and awaited for the flood to, to pass before coming back to the surface. Oh yeah. And what's really weird about that is that Hitler was obsessed with finding these people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to establish that, that Aryan link, at least on the surface publicly, he wanted to establish the, the Aryan link with super beings. Yes. He claimed that these beings were, were, these Aryans had gone underground and he was sure that they were situated in, uh, or there was an entrance in Tibet. Now, what's also strange about this is we have, we have Hitler going over there to research 
Uh, all right, so things that we know about Hitler, depending on what source you're looking at, is Hitler was first and foremost an occultist. He slept next to like one of Helena Blavatsky's books. And I think a lot of what he came up with or surmised was a combination of different things that he was researching because Hitler was actually a prolific researcher in his, in his youth. He was going to libraries, researching all of this stuff. The Nazis end up going to Tibet to search for the entrance into, uh, into the inner earth and look for the beings that can give them superpowers to obtain, obtain power across the world for like, you know, the thousand year Reich. And, um, and so he's looking for these Aryans. But what's interesting is H.P. Lovecraft also has stories about inner earth beings that were lizard people that were living in the earth. And he claimed that they were in Tibet. And it's like, there's so many weird intersections of the same type of uh, story from all of these different sources. And of course, you know, H.P. Lovecraft is telling everyone he's, he's a fiction writer. But what's bizarre about it is why is there so much worship over H.P. Lovecraft stuff within you know, these Kabbalistic sort of, um, you know, secret societies, like they worship this guy. And, you know, like even some of these um, movies, like the Dunwich Horror uh, that came out in the 60s, where it was all like they were they were worshiping H.B. Lovecraft demons. And I mean, look at this guy. He's like, you, you can look at this guy's He's eyes haunted. and tell that there was He's something so else going on. <laughs> we're looking at a picture for those of you at home of uh, of H.B. Lovecraft right now. And, and this really almost childish like anger on his face, you know, in the, in the photo, you know, okay. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, talking about the reptiles underground. Um, so I had a friend who, who would kind of pick up whistleblowers um, that he would release uh, in, in a show that he was doing. And I don't know if he ever released this or not, because I don't think the guy was hundred percent wanting to come forward. But, but this guy claimed that apparently he was uh, part of this uh, covert black project group through the 1970s, 1980s, that his specific job was a historian let's just say he called himself a historian of the of the solar system the a true historian based off of um alien interaction right mm -hmm. and his group his team what they did was this is what he said he claimed that they would find uh these underground uh, locations caves where reptiles reptilians were in were in stasis because they had put themselves into a stasis because at a, this certain point in time, apparently there's something going on with our sun that is causing them to have to go underground away from it. So they put themselves into stasis and their job was to search them out, find them and go kill them. Right. I don't know if it's true or not, obviously whistleblower kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's outlandish, but you know, you find a lot of outlandish things when you start viewing this stuff and even, you know, going on the ground and investigating it. So I don't know. Yeah, so for those of you at home who don't know if you're coming into this show, um, my name is Rob Counts. I'm a researcher. John is a remote viewer. And um, John, why don't you just tell them really briefly a couple sentences what remote viewing is just so that people understand what you're talking about when you refer to remote viewing. Yeah, you know, we use we use this sort of uh, supernormal uh, ability that everybody has, um, psychic sense, to get information on things that we can't see, hear, touch, uh, feel with our hands. And we use multiple remote viewers. We're trained in a methodology. It's very extensive, requires a lot of training to get really good at it. 
And this type of uh, information gathering is used in, in the intelligence world. And I've worked with intelligence. I've worked with business in my 25-year career. It is common. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very common. Even though it was declassified supposedly in 1995, only Stargate was declassified. There were many other programs. And, and my knowledge throughout the years, we had handlers in various agencies uh, to give us – I'm talking weird jobs. We're not like – we're not talking about like – um, you know, what are the Soviets doing? What are the Russians doing? What are the Chinese doing? It's more like on the side of um, what did that super collider just do? Or what the heck's going on in the Arizona desert with aliens? You know, stuff like that. And these are like intelligence people who want to know this stuff, right? So, so it is used, it's been used, it continues to be used, and it's not going to stop being used. Especially not by us. Right. Because we can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. You know, the That's funny great. thing, too, with remote viewing is that, you know, the CIA, when they declassified it, they literally, they had to, like, create this report that basically canceled remote viewing out. It didn't say that it worked. It didn't say that it didn't work. Right. It didn't say that it did or didn't work. So they couldn't come out and say, hey, everybody, here's this new uh, thing that we discovered, figured out that you can use to figure out all of our secrets with. I mean, they couldn't do that. So you kind of got to dig under the surface to learn this thing. Well, and, and it's in their interest to do that. This is right. this is the issue with, you know, these things called conspiracy theories now that no one wants to talk about is like, I mean, think about it. All conspiracy means is that there's more than one person working on a particular project or operation to obtain a certain result. And they're conspiring to do so. And usually it's a nefarious result, right? Uh, you know. Maybe it's not a conspiracy because it's a government operation. It's actually just like out in the open. It's a government operation, but they hide a lot of these things. And I think my main thing is like, hey, I don't think we should be afraid of the word. And I think we should be able to talk about this stuff. And I want to know more about inner earth beings. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And, and this was kind of this is a document we often uh, refer back to on Edge of Wonder, one of the other shows that that I work on. And um, this document here actually talks about, uh, well, this is a suggested remote viewing training procedure. And um, I'm not sure if this is the one where it's talking about them viewing Mars. Is this the one, Lindsay, that they're, they're talking about viewing Mars? I'm not sure. I can search for Mars in this document. Anyway, they were trying to figure out what the face on Mars was in this CIA document and um, what happened to the previous beings that were living there. And it was an entire viewing on what had happened to them a million years ago why they, you know, were basically extinguished off of Mars, them looking for other places to house their race and what they looked like. It was a very, very fascinating document. And it's on the CIA website. You can actually like look for this yourself and find it. And it's it's declassified. And I mean, maybe it's just, hey, this is crazy talk because how could ever any of this ever exist? But as you said, like, you know, why is the intelligence agency using remote viewing if it doesn't work? Right. Right. It's because, know. you know, it gives them data and they want to know, you know. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, when you get right down to it, to most of the world, well, I'm an I'm like a walking oxymoron. I'm using something that doesn't exist to find things out that don't exist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Back to the inner earth. We just talked about a lot of really fascinating stuff. For those of you guys watching our podcast, if you could give us a, uh, a, a five-star rating and a review, if you want to take the time to do that, we'd appreciate it. It'll help us get this uh, podcast out to more people. 
Um, but yeah, so back to the inner earth, I've got some crazy stories for you that I kind of want to go through. Um, I stumbled upon a lot of different things. So when I was reviewing, when I was researching and reviewing some of my information on this, I was, I did an episode very early on in Edge of Wonders, um, history and, and the funny enough, the, it was probably the second episode we did. It was a really cool episode and it was all on portals to hell. And I found some, it was like, I wanted to know, you know, I found one story and that was enough for me to just go deep into a rat, some rabbit holes here on what's going on with this, right? Like, are there any portals to hell and where would they be? And uh, I found a couple of very interesting stories. The first story I found was about the Cold War. And it was about how, and this all makes sense, mind you, okay? It was about how the Americans and the communists were constantly in a competition to see whose you know what was bigger. And one of the and one of the one of the things that they were doing, you know, like who can fly to space first, who can who can who can hit the moon first, right? But one of the things that they were doing is who could who could drill the deepest hole? And <laughs> the so communists absurd. It's absurd. And the communists were determined to win this one. And they 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 drilled this extremely deep hole and I, the Cola super deep borehole. OK, so now so now this is, mind you, this is an ex-communist, I guess you could say, retelling this story. OK, and basically what happened was they they dug a hole so deep that the boring equipment actually just started spinning and and they couldn't there was nothing else to, to bore. So, you know, they, they pull the equipment back up and they decide, well, hey, uh, you know, let's drop a rope down there to see what's going on, right? Or let's drop some things down there to see what's going on. They drop some things down there. They don't hear anything. Nothing happens. Eventually, some guy's like, let's drop some audio equipment down there and, and see what we hear. They drop some audio equipment down there, um, you know, the many, 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 many miles down into this hole. And they bring the audio equipment up and they listen to it. And this communist is quoted as saying, I'm a communist. I don't believe in God. Or no, he said, I don't believe in hell, but now I believe in hell. <laughs> and because, you know, communists are atheists. They don't believe in, 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 in God or Satan or anything like that. But reportedly, what was on this audio equipment was human beings screaming like, <laughs> like hell in the, in the recesses of the earth. And so I was like, okay, amazing story. Is it true? And this is where it, it's very difficult, you know, as a researcher to really find the truth because anything that was true that would threaten the current way of thinking, this Darwinistic, um, very science-based thinking would of course be claimed to be uh, a hoax. And so I found some information saying this was a hoax and some information saying that it wasn't a hoax. I came to the conclusion at the time that it's possibly a hoax. Of course it is. Like, you have to look at that, right? But it seems more plausible that that was real than, it, than, than not because um, it, it, the way that the story was like kind of unfolded and and of course, like any intelligence organization is going to do whatever they can to make that story appear fake. I mean, there's there's news reports and 
in the 1800s, in the 1900s, in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, of giant bones being found in Ohio, for instance, which is something you and I are really itchy to research, right? So, I mean, of course, you know. And then what I found out is afterwards, this is a long time afterwards, I started researching Mel's Hole, which I brought up to you a couple of weeks ago over the phone. And Mel's Hole is almost an exact mirror of this story of the communist, right. you know, the borehole, which is really interesting. Um, and actually, it's a combination of the borehole and Hoska Castle, which I'm not sure that you've heard of yet. Have you heard of Hoska Castle? I haven't Castle? heard of that one. All right. So, uh, Lindsay can find out the details and exactly where this is. I'm a little fuzzy on that. But Hoska Castle, and it was like ancient Romania or something like this, right? The, the, the king in the area finds this hole in the ground, and there's all of these reports. Um, this is Prague. Okay, this is in Prague. There's all these reports that there is this hole in Prague, and, and people are starting to see weird things happen around this hole. Okay, like, like specific smells coming out of this hole. There's, um, there's beings that are reported to have be flying out of this, winged beings flying out of this hole. And the king at the time was like, this is a gateway to hell and it needs to be covered up. So they create Hoska Castle specifically to cover the hole and plug it because there was too many weird things happening in, in the castle. And so in the castle, apparently at one point, yeah, so the castle has housed mad scientists, Nazis, and perhaps even demons because Nazis were researching everything, right? These were like the guys that were just interested in power. I mean, whatever they could get power from, right? Okay, so at one point, some guy has a really bright idea to drop a dude down the hole and, uh, with a rope, right? <laughs> so they, you know, they, they drop the guy down into this hole and they hear blood curdling screams, huh. okay? And so, you know, they, they start hearing the screaming and they start pulling, pulling the guy back up. They pull the guy back up and he had aged 30 years. Like his hair was dark, like totally bright gray, like the whole bit. And, and you know, he, he says that he, he saw hell. That's crazy. That's like the, um, the, the Mel's dogs, Mel's whole yes. dog story, right? Where where he threw his dead dog into the hole and then he found the dog running around in the forest Alive. later. Alive. Right. The dog wouldn't come to him. The didn't even respond. So oh wow. Okay. So Hoska Castle is something that I need to put on my list for remote. I believe that Hoska Castle. Okay, now let's say Mel's hole is a hoax. I don't know if it right. is. Like it was everywhere, you know, like you were telling me 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever. If Mel's hole was a hoax which it doesn't necessarily need to be. I think that he, they may have pulled from- It sounds like it, right? Yeah. Story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely could have. I mean, you know, Mel's Hole originally came out of the Art Bell show. That was, it was literally some that got started in that show. It was this caller who would call in and talk about this hole that he found. Yeah, what was his name again? Um, I can't remember the guy's name. It was Mel. Mel something. Mel, like, Mel something. Mel's last name yeah. though. I don't remember his last okay. name. Yeah. But so, so Mel would call in and give Art Bell updates on the whole, which was this like really cool ongoing thing on the show. And people would listen just for that. So, you know, we don't, you know, Art Bell was an entertainer and get right down to it. So we don't know ultimately whether this is true or not. And, you know, through the years, it's like, I get it in the back of my head of, of tasking remote viewers on Mel's whole, some aspect of it. And I've got to do it. I've just got to jump on it because I can't let it lie. I mean, 
you know, seriously, you wouldn't be a Washington remote viewer if you let that lie. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and I'm f trying to figure out, like, if this is real, how do we find this place? Because I know that there have been researchers trying to find it and they I don't think they've located it, which is a problem because that could just mean it's fake. Because even even in the show, they were they were getting closer to like there were people talking about that area, where it was, you know, locating it, all these like military forces, you know, driving up, not allowing Mel back, telling him to get the heck out and go to Australia, right. like the whole thing, right? But we see this, like we see this all the time. We see these hoaxes constantly. Now these types of hoaxes, what, I don't know if that's a hoax or not, but these types of hoaxes have, have made their way to like TikTok, for instance, where, where somebody gets something initially strange on camera and then they roll it out with consecutive little videos on a story surrounding it. And that the story turn, is a false story, but the initial thing is maybe true, right? Yeah, that, that was a couple of weeks ago with that, that gent, that guy that ended up dying or something. Right, he committed suicide. Yeah, he committed suicide, but it was some. What was that exactly? He had he had found something. Well, there was the there was the one guy who filmed what he thought was a giant on top of a mountain. I think he was that was it. Thank right. you. So that so we looked at that particular thing. We wanted to know the whole story. So the initial thing that he caught was true. It was a Bigfoot. All the data was this thing is a big, hairy creature. Massive it's a Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Right. But everything else after that, he just made the story up. The, the government involvement, et cetera, et cetera. He just made it up. It was not true. Right. So he was, he was gaming the fact that, or taking advantage of the fact that he had found some legitimate footage and then becoming right. a TikTok star, star as a result of it and making the rest of the stuff up. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It's bizarre just like, though that he killed himself. Like, this I, I think he was planning on it. I think he was planning on ultimately committing suicide and actually found out not that long ago, his, his girlfriend came out and said that he was very unstable. He made it all up. Mm. So, and then he committed suicide. That's so there's, you know, confirmation on that side too. It lines up with the remote viewing data. What's also strange about that is, you know, the different parties that were involved in doing those videos. So, you know, there's this like car that pulls up, um, you know, and, and then it races off, like it's in front of his house and he's freaked out and he's got the phone. And when I saw that, I was like, that was very staged to me because it's like, staged. you don't just take, you see a mysterious car outside of your house and your first thought isn't like, let me pull out TikTok and record all of this. You know exactly. I mean? You just don't do that. Like, and then, and then like the CIA guy or whatever, driving the car just peels out. I got to get out of here fast. He's getting yeah, me on TikTok. Like, yeah. Would they really be that? Bleach on the tires too. So it would yeah. smoke. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, there, there's a lot of like, you know, I don't think so things, but, but at the same time, like that original footage that he saw, I was like, wow, that looks right. pretty legit, right? That was legit. That yeah. was legit. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the beauty of remote viewing is you can begin to go in a, uncover a certain direction for these things. So, well, and you know, honestly, like, here's the thing. I don't mind find like, I'm, I don't, I don't mind finding hoaxes, like, I want to know the truth. That's all exactly. I want. Like, right. if it's fake, I want to know if it's fake. If it's real, right. I want to know it's real. But I also think that, you know, we need to be open-minded into into asking the question whether or not some of these things exist because we're we live on a very fascinating planet that we ha we have very little actual data on, especially with like the way 
that all of this stuff gets passed down to us through through and, and I mean look anyone out there thinking we're being told the truth right now on what's really going on out there I mean come on like that's just naive like and and I I don't want fake things to be true but I also don't want to be close-minded to to the mis mysteries of the universe because like right. there's no way that we're like there's no way that there aren't interesting things going on. Right, right. You know, for a lot of these things, you got to get out of your house. I think there are a lot of people who are just armchair judgers of what is true and not true. I mean, they don't leave the city. They don't leave their home. And they don't go out to try to experience things. When you get out into the country, people who spend more time outside, farmers, cattles, what, cattle, whatever, they're going to have more stories. Way more. People who, who live in the cities, right? Because they're outside. They're experiencing the things. They're seeing things. And it happens way more frequently. You just got to get out because you will see stuff. Most people don't look up. I mean, you know, you got tons of light pollution wherever you are these days. But the more you look up, the more strange things you are going to see. Well, that, that's very much the case, even out in, in Washington, out in Colorado, like you can have a night out and there's all kinds of things in the sky that you can't understand. Yeah. You'll have an app, you'll see what a satellite looks like, what that looks like when it goes by. And then there's things that are flying around up there, you know, lights or whatever that are moving around that you just have a hard time explaining. Now, you know what a plane looks like, you know what that blinking looks like. And, you, you know, you go through this process of trying to you know, um, discount some of these things. And then some things are just unidentified aerial phenomena. Exactly. I mean, shoot, I've seen, I've seen things fly over me low enough that have, that are very bright. I've seen this one thing. It was, it was, uh, oval and you could see windows. There were like windows with like figures behind the windows. Like, I mean, it was a UFO. It wasn't an airplane. I mean, the thing was like glowing and moving slow and then took off really fast. And this was in Washington state. I mean, I've seen crazy stuff like that. When you what go out, well, what's that? I said, what does that? What does that? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so there's a lot of stuff, especially when you get around these like mystical areas where you have this sort of inner earth along with uh, uh, lights in the sky converge. Like if you've got if you've got uh, legends where those two things converge, you are guaranteed to run into weird stuff. Guaranteed, whether that's in Washington around like Mount Adams or around Mount Shasta or any other location that has these converge, you're going to find strange things in the sky. There's this correlation between volcanoes as well and yeah. UFOs going it's into volcanoes. Yeah. Actually, this is, oh, this is very interesting. When I was researching the Portals to Hell episode, I had found that there was a recipe of things that you get around these portals. And one of them was the smell of sulfur in the air. And, and as you know, it is described that hell smells like sulfur. Right. And, and so like, for instance, Mount, Mount Vesuvius was one of these places where there was apparently, um, there was an old, like there's an old, I can't remember the actual name of, of this, um, See, there was a seer in the area for over 500 years. This woman lived and all of the kings in the area would actually get advice from this one witch that lived in the area who or a prophet. You know, she had prophecies about what was going to happen and all of this stuff. And she lived right around the Mount Vesuvius area. And there were apparently tunnels in that area as well. Very, very interesting stuff. But it's like Vesuvius, you know, and Vesuvius destroyed Pompeii, um, as we all know. And, you know, what is it about volcanoes? that connect all of that, you know? Right. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, 
the the whole uh, thing about UFOs. So when you get to like uh, Mount uh, Popo in near Mexico City, Popo El Popo they call it. Um, there, I've seen tons of videos of UFOs going in and out of that mountain. Really? So, yeah. So, so there's there's some there's some correlation between UFOs, ancient civilizations, and going into volcanoes. I mean, you, you're talking about like uh, tons of lava tubes that run through those. I mean, when you were in Washington, remember when we went to that lava tube? I mean, look at that. You could literally have a city in the lava tube that we went under, into, right? I mean, there are. Um, there are so many of those around around these um, locations, like Mount Shasta, uh, where beings have kind of set up shop inside of them. Not necessarily ancient, more uh, modern alien type phenomena. But we find that, um, gosh, especially around Mount Shasta, when you get to, if you want to get into the whole reptile thing, around Mount Shasta and the lava tubes around there, a lot of these beings are basically living in these lava tubes. And, and some of the abductions of humans have to do with those beings taking them in there, basically, you know, using them for their own genetic purposes. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, too, how a lot of these stories of inner Earth beings and stuff center around, like, reported reptilian beings, kind of like what you were talking about before, you know? And, like, I think it's a funny idea that you know, some of these like characters in our in our pop culture are actually reptiles and stuff like like right. that whole thing is like very funny, right? Um, but the amount of sightings of these things, and even going into into Thailand and some of these Southeast Asian cultures that have much more direct statues and ancient symbolism of these five star reptilian beings. And when I say five star, I mean, you know, the five appendages that a human being has, you know, uh, head, arms, two legs, and, and they have statues of these things. Right. right? And I actually think that, that those beings have been conflated with another race of beings that are called the Naga. And now the Naga actually, now, if you look at, uh, uh, ancient Chinese culture, for instance, ancient Chinese culture believes that um, that there is a that, that there is a god that created them, you know, from scratch. So every culture in the world says that human beings were created in the image of God, right? But the but there is like a a specific bodhisattva called Nagarjuna, Naga Nagarjuna, and that that being, you know is reported to have like bottom, like a bottom serpent, you know, and we don't know if that's a transformation of or what. Um, but then you have, you know, also in Chinese culture, you have these dragons and the dragons are heavenly other dimensional beings, but not related to the nefarious lizard people or like these nefarious demonic lizard reptilian things that I think have been conflated with that over a period of time. But I'm not sure what you think about that, John. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think the the Naga uh, and that whole race, because we've remote viewed them pretty extensively. And, you know, Heather, who who is my partner in all this, has a huge connection to these beings. And, and you know, like with remote viewing, you begin to establish this like uh, like a psychic connection, telepathic connection. And, and for whatever reason, she had really connected with these beings, so much so that they give her information 
right? So these beings are separate from the other sort of diabolical reptilian sort of thing that, that uh, people talk about today. But at the same time, in ancient Earth history, these beings were also moving against and fighting other beings. So, so it's hard to begin to like understand where the lines are, where they cross, where people started to mix them into one. Because as history moves forward, it's like you begin to, uh, things begin to get muddied. Things begin to get crossed over and we don't know what the truth is anymore. And this happens all the time. It's, it, you, even over the last 50 years. Right. Even <laughs> or like 100 years. years, you know, like right. no one knows what really happened. It's ridiculous. Right. Right. You know, there's, okay, so getting to like, look, did you ever see Hellier, for instance? Hellier, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. No. Uh, -E -E it was a YouTube series. I think it was made by um, Mysterious Planet. Okay. Now, th these guys set out to get into some high strangeness. It, I would recommend watching it. It's, it's really good. They were on the trail of trying to find out about these creatures that lived in these caves in Tennessee, and they were tying everything together. Um, fantastic series. Absolute must watch. I'll definitely check it out. On YouTube. Planet Weird. That's it. So, so they Man, that's a great had... logo. Look at that logo. With it's Big excellent, Foot, right? VR. I'm jealous. Yeah. They've been doing this for a long time, um, and and they ha they ran into major high strangeness when they're trying to figure out where these creatures came from because they got photographs of footprints, um, and they present them in in this film that they did, and these these beings were small troll like beings. Now these are guys also that show up throughout history. These small troll like beings, and they really do a great job of tying these together. Um, with other legends and other myths of underground civilizations. So ultimately, you know, they try to find this cave and, and, and open up a portal because they realize that, geez, a lot of this stuff is, is sort of like dimensional and portal-based. And there are these beings, we've seen this remote viewing, who, who can cross over, like the Naga. They're, they're, they're a fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional into third dimensional where they can move back and forth. And a lot of the aliens that we run into these days, we talk about what we run into these days, that I run into these days. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I was just shopping yesterday and there were yeah. some aliens that I ran into. Anyway. But you should have seen the cashier. It was incredible. Yeah. So anyway, it's like they, they cross over. They're, they're able to, to inhabit another dimension as well as our dimension. And this is where it gets really messed up with humans. Because in order for something to be real, it has to be able to be touched. If something's in front of you, then it disappears. Then it just means you're crazy, right? But, but this, is the, this is a whole other realm that humans in general do not accept right now. And I think a, a lot of the inner earth stuff is, is centered around that. Because you're dealing with beings who can transit dimensions. You're dealing with things where you need to go through a portal to experience, like the portal to hell, whatever. I mean, there's portals to all different locations. I assume there's going to be some dark portals as well. So you have to be able to go through a portal to enter some of these zones, like Shambhala, you know? You know, also, while I was doing research on... Um... I was do I, I was trying to do extra research on the little people, uh, you know these these reported whatever you want to call them leprechauns, fairies, little people that exist across the world, and and come to find out that they're 
well, of course, Iceland is one of the main places for this, but that there is a load of them apparently in Canada. And lots of people in Canada who live in remote areas uh, north, north see these beings and I'll talk about them. They, and, and these beings reportedly live under, under the ground. And right. They're almost like hobbits in a way, but just, you know, they have these abilities apparently that keep people from, from being able to see them or approach them or whatever it is. And, and, you know, what are they? I mean, we're, well, you know, you know when you go into those stories too, they'll, they'll uh, often divert roads around areas where there have been legends of fairies or gnomes yeah. or hobbits, I guess, living. Why divert the road? Because bad things are going to happen. You know what? A fairy, you got to be careful because they'll slash your tires if they could. I mean, <laughs> I'm not to, not to diss on these guys, but, but, but they will literally mess you up if yeah. you wrong them. I know they do that stuff. And, you know, it scares the heck out of me, too, because Heather and I will go for these walks in a neighborhood around where we are. And everybody's got a freaking fairy garden. And I see the fairy gardens and I just want to run. Wait, what is a fairy garden? Define that. It's, it's, a, it's a little garden that people create in order to attract fairies. They, so they want, wait, this, is this a Northwest thing? Like, you know, we just like over here in the Northeast, like we just have gardens where we put little gnome statues. That's as far as it goes. Be careful with those gnome statues. <laughs> it's like voodoo. <laughs> it's voodoo. Just don't do it. I know, I know. I know. They're gonna they're gonna rip your tires up. They're gonna like mess with your electricity in the house. I mean, yeah, no, I'm you don't want my electricity so messed up. <laughs> I better go home and kick that thing like a soccer ball. But that's the thing. So you know, we've looked into the fairy thing as well. People claim they've had an experience with a fairy. We look into it with remote viewing, and yes, there are these dimensional beings who who I really like. I shouldn't be talking bad about because if I go for a walk later, things might get bad. So so they, they can be very nice. They're very fun. They're very happy. They're very playful. Um, but their their sense of humor goes a little bit beyond what we would like it to at times. And that's what we've seen with remote viewing. They are real. They're just living this sort of like dimension that straddles ours. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, you know, it really wouldn't be right if in this episode, this is sort of our, our first episode on Inner Earth. There's so much to cover. Like, like it feels like we've, we've only been talking for five minutes. It's been like, it's been almost an hour. So it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about Admiral Byrd a little bit, because he's sort of the grandpappy of, of, of conspiracy theory revolved around dimensional things that have occurred and even inner earth stuff. Um, so, you know, Admiral Byrd, he was a naval officer and an explorer of the Arctic and the Antarctic, and he was awarded the Medal of Honor, among other things, okay? So what's weird is he, he was related to Pocahontas, actually. I'm not sure if you knew that. And he was- I didn't know that. You know, yeah. I did know that that he was one of, I think, two or three other people that could wear a medal of himself on himself. So he, <laughs> so he could wear a medal of himself on himself. I don't think I could ever do that. Like, no. I would never be able to take myself seriously. <laughs> no. That's really funny. So um, he was in charge of this thing called Operation High Jump in 1946. You guys can look this up for yourself. Of course, everything you see on the inner interwebs is going to tell you it was a hoax and all of this stuff. But I really encourage everyone at home to do your own research and keep an open mind with these things. 
um, keeping in mind that if it did happen, it would still be told to you that it was a hoax. Um, okay, so he, he was in charge of this thing called Operation High Jump in 1946, and it was the largest Antarctic expedition to date. Also, some other interesting facts is he was an active Freemason, and he was a member of other patriotic, scientific, and charitable organizations. Now, the rumors about Admiral Byrd's knowledge of inner Earth, um, again, these are quote-unquote unverified, but here's here it is. So, Bird's secret journal supposedly leaked to the public. And while flying over Antarctica in the Navy, he saw lush forests. Now, keep in mind, this is Antarctica, right? He sees lush forests, flowing rivers, small animals, etc. Okay. Now, of course, quote from him, there should be no green valley below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should never, we, we should be over ice and snow, unquote, right? Okay. Okay, now this, this then moved into this whole theory of, I'm sure you've heard of this, called Agartha, right? And it's rumored that Bird's radio came on and he heard someone welcoming, welcoming him to somewhere called Agartha, which is a place inside the earth. And Agartha's inhabitants basically said to him, tell all of mankind to be careful with the recently invented atomic bombs. I mean, now, you know, we're talking about the Manhattan Project around this time and all of these things, right? So the government apparently already knew about this before Byrd even told them. Now, Admiral Byrd eventually went down and um, I kind of want to get into what, you saw when you remote viewed Admiral Bird, whether this was legit or not. And, you know, we kind of at Edge of Wonder when we were researching this stuff, it did seem like the diary stuff might have been fake. But help us out to understand this. Yeah. What, what actually it, happened? I, you know, the diaries always fascinated me. Um, so, you know, doing research around the diaries, uh, conventional research. I think they came out 1970s by the Society for a Complete Earth or something. They were an inner Earth sort of uh, society, right? They were they wanted awareness around that, and that was run by a guy named Captain Tawani Wakana Shush, I think. So so this is really long relation to that director Taiwata Waititi or whatever his name is. I don't know. It no, could Captain be. <laughs> So this guy, this guy came out with this guy's article or this guy or Admiral Byrd's diary. So he came out with it. Um, he later actually changed his name to Ritter von X, uh, 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 like a uh, German U-boat captain. Mm -hmm. So it's all very mysterious on how he got it. Nobody actually knows who the guy yeah. is anyway, right? So it's all mysterious how he got it. And when you read the diary, it, it kind of, it, it sort of like, plays like a comic book. It's like this old comic book style of something that going on. I pulled in a tractor beam into this nice, amazing, beautiful lush land in, in, uh, in the middle of the earth. And then, and then it's like the inhabitants speak German and the flying saucers have like swastikas on them. So, so that right there is a little bit strange because that goes back to the Nazis and the Nazis really trying to connect the Aryans with some inner earth race, right? So, yeah. so here's Admiral Byrd. 
he's got this diary where he's talking about the inner earth beings are, are Nazis basically, right? So this is the connection point there. This is like a, a story. That's, that's like what the Germans wanted to accomplish, right? When we looked into the reality of the diary, Admiral Byrd, if he wrote this or not, no, he didn't write it. He didn't write it. The story was, was pretty much made up. It was made up. He didn't, he did not go to an inner earth as far as that story is concerned. And that story was what we found out was, was sort of a cover for, for something else. Because what we see with a lot of these um, things like Valiant Thor, for instance, yeah. you know, these, these stories are, are um, very extravagant, crazy, over-the-top stories to waste people's time to cover for another story. And people will more focus on this crazy, totally crazy thing than this other thing that actually happened under the surface. Which was him seeing that this lush land below in Antarctica or something else? No. So, so this really gets to Operation High Jump. And the reason why Admiral Byrd went down, right, there's Valiant uh, Thor. On so screen Val right now, we're showing Valiant Thor. Right. Huge so pin. Yeah, so the whole, well, you know, there's a lot of different pictures of Valiant Thor, and he looks different in every picture because True. there was no real Valiant Thor. <laughs> yeah, so so that was actually a cover story uh, to get people to focus on that as opposed to the deals that the Eisenhower administration made with Grey's, Grey aliens. Um, so, you know, put that in front of people that waste their time researching that instead of what really happened. Mm. So, so Operation High Jump, when we get to that, um, what happened with Operation High Jump was that the, the, U, the United States Navy was going down there on an expedition to, to kick the Germans out. To, the Germans had basically moved into Antarctica because Hitler was very interested and believed that Atlantis was in Antarctica or there was something in Antarctica. And we had, I think it was um, Admiral Donitz who had said at one time, we built an impregnable fortress for our Fuhrer in a far off land or something. So people assumed this was Antarctica, which they did. So that the Germans had gone down to Antarctica and set up in under the ice. They had found some things under the ice. Now you got to think of Antarctica. Antarctica is like, I think it's been under this deep freeze for around 15 million years. 15 million years. When you get to United States, for instance, it's, it's been washed over. It's been frozen. It's been washed over. It's been frozen. I mean, it's like any civilization that was here before the humans would have been washed away and covered with rock, right? Now you get to Antarctica, though. Antarctica has been a deep, in a deep freeze for at least 15 million years. So any civilization that was there is under the ice, under miles of ice. 100%. Right. So, so why do you think you can't go to Antarctica? Because under the ice, is, it's just full of ancient goods from ancient civilizations. And because of the deep freeze, that stuff would have been very preserved. Exactly. 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 So, so what we had with Operation High Jump when we remote viewed it was that they were going down there to destroy the last of the German war machine. Um, and take uh, territory. Um, the, the Soviets were also wanting territory. So they go down there and the Germans <clears throat> are there. They get into a battle with the Germans. But the problem was, okay, so there were all these stories around the fleet being attacked, right? 
that wasn't the Germans. I mean, this is where it just gets weird. So that wasn't the Germans that were attacking them. The Germans were kind of in the same boat as the, um, the United States was. They were being attacked by something else. It's kind of like when we first went to the moon. The moon was sort of a, it wasn't an off limits place. It's just that the, the humans needed to know who was boss on the moon. And who was boss on the moon were the ones that were already there just like Antarctica, because we find that with Antarctica and remote viewing, there are other beings there who are under the ice, um, who are interested in the ancient technologies that have been left behind there and want to keep it, want to safeguard it. And so that's what we found with, um, with Admiral Byrd, was that literally the fleet was attacked by the beings who were already there in the ice. Um, are within the the old ancient civilizations were there that were there because what so was did did he see what was said that he saw this like lush forest or anything or was it just this attack from the civilization it was that just was already an really it was just an attack we didn't get anything about inner earth nothing at all zero zilch there was no like going deep into these caverns to find this ancient civilization it was that. The, there were structures buried under the ice. You know, in some areas of Antarctica, you've got two miles of ice mm -hmm. at ground surface. So you've got pyramids and ancient civilizations that are frozen in time underneath the ice there. And this is some of the stuff that the uh, Nazis had found, the impregnable fortress. But problem was there, the ancient technology um, that is there was also safeguarded and wanting to be kept by these other beings. Uh, so, so, so Admiral Byrd, so I believe that story of the, him finding inner earth is a cover, is a cover story for what truly happened in Antarctica. And now, you know, it's like the moon, uh, you, you have governments who are supposedly, um, keeping the whole thing off limits to civilians. Why? What's the purpose of that? Um, you know, there are some areas uh, in Antarctica where people can go, but you can't really move around very much. And a lot of these things like, you know, for instance, this pyramid um, that's, uh, that Lindsay was just showing, um, that pyramid is actually in an area where humans can go. It's actually the peak of a mountain range. And this, this area, people have photographs of it uh, from on the ground as well, but it's, it, when we remote viewed it, there was nothing to it. It didn't. There, it's not an actual pyramid, just no. like one from the top. And it could be, a, it's a basically a mountain range underneath there, but there are actual pyramids underneath the right. surface. Now, now that, that particular image right there, I researched that image and that image comes from this one area where people can go on expeditions to do peak bagging. And this is a pass. This, this picture is taken from a pass that people make to get to the peak that they want to bag. Costs a lot of money to do it, but this is an area where humans can go. And we looked into that pyramid and, or shape, and it wasn't, it was just a granite mountain, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that will, you know, just make claims about things. I mean, see, here's the crazy thing. So here I am discounting something that looks like a pyramid. But we've uncovered something entirely new. <laughs> yet I'm saying, hey, Admiral Byrd was attacked by aliens and UFOs. <laughs> no, no, he didn't find it Earth. He's attacked by aliens and UFOs. Exactly. That's what really happened. <laughs> I mean, that was the data. What am I going to do? <laughs> That's really funny.
Yeah. And yeah, and but it makes sense that that these stories would be created to throw your scent off of something else that was really going on, right? Like, how else do you protect the real things that you? How how do you how else do you take advantage of human nature, which is to want to know about these things, really, and 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 simultaneously protect true state secrets that need to be kept a secret? Exactly. Well, I like this, for instance. Okay, so you know the supposed Apollo twenty mission, where. Okay, so the Apollo missions ended like really early. They canceled out all the missions. Yes. So Apollo 20 never happened. But there's all these videos on YouTube about how Apollo 20 actually did happen. And it was uh, to find this crashed ship uh, and an alien. So they found an alien, dead alien, a crashed ship. So that particular story, when we remote viewed it, was one of these cover stories. It was just a cover because what they really don't want people to be looking at is exactly what this guy Alan Sturm did in the around 2008. He wrote a book, like he literally sat there on the NASA, um, uh, the archived images of, from NASA of the moon. He sat there for hours and hours and hours picking out every single thing that appeared to be anomalous structurally. And then he made a coffee table book out of it. That is what they do not want people to know about right. because that takes the regular, normal, everyday human thinking mind into like, huh? Something weird's going on there. And Alan basically got reamed by the IRS. He got death threats. He basically had to pull the book, right? But you can talk about Apollo 20 all you want. When you get to these things, so when you get to these photographs, for instance, that NASA has archived, those photographs are not what they want you to look at because all the stuff that wasn't already airbrushed out, if you've got a keen eye, you can find, you can outline it. And that raises too many questions. That's why he had to get, get rid of that book. So, so these stories are used, the fantastic stories are used as the draw. Let's focus on the crazy stuff and not what really happened. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's psychological operations. Okay. So, um, amazing story. Very interesting. I think we need to just backtrack just a tiny bit and tell people what Mel's hole was because we kind of didn't tell them. No, really. We didn't, we didn't tell we them. We kind of covered it, but we didn't, but I just want to make sure that people haven't been left hanging on that. Um, John, actually, you'd probably do a better job at explaining this than me. All right, so John, tell us a little bit about Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole was one of those stories that came out of the Art Bell Show. And it was, I think it was probably the 1990s that it started. And every week or so, he'd have Mel on as a call-in guest talking about the hole. So Mel had found this hole in this area on his property of rural Washington that was basically an endless hole. He would throw things in it. And apparently the neighbors and him would just dump their trash in it because, hey, why not? Um, and so I guess he had lowered a fishing line all the way down. I don't know, you know how long it was thousands of feet of fishing line and it never hit bottom. Yeah, he got he, he kept increasing the size of his fishing, fishing line, tying fishing lines together, got to like 6,000 feet or something like that and still couldn't find an end. Right, still couldn't find an end. So um, I don't know what happened to Mel's Hole. I know that there have been a lot of researchers that have tried to find this place, but no one has of yet been able to found, find it. So, you know, that's the basics behind Mel's Hole. I don't know where he is or what's going on with it today sort of lost 
lost its interest in the conspiracy realm, I think. Well, and also with, I mean, it, yeah, he was kind of never heard from again at a certain point. And, and um, but yeah, like you were saying, it's hard to know what was really going on with that because Art Bell was, was an entertainer as well. He was right? an entertainer, right? He was an entertainer. I used to do uh, the Midnight in the Desert show on a regular basis, being the resident remote viewer there. And he was the consummate entertainer, that guy. He was um, excellent. I mean, he's, he holds a, like a special place in just about everybody's heart on the conspiracy side, no matter if he's an entertainer or not. He, right. He's a legend beyond legends. Right, so, right. I respect the guy no matter what. I mean, you know, it's really for the people, the entertainment side. It's really, it's really what it comes down to, you know, ultimately. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Except with this, it's like remote viewing. It's like you want to find out the truth because if you can have this method where you're always figuring out the truth of something, that is way, way better than making stuff up because exactly. things are usually a lot stranger than fiction here. Yes. Oh, look at, is that Mel's hole? Did you, did we actually find Mel's hole? They're claiming this inspired the legends because it's a real hole nearby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. An old mining shaft. That is the, yeah, they did claim it was something like that. I think that's very interesting. Oh yeah. You can even see it there from, is that Mel? <laughs> Who was that guy? Who was that guy? There's some guy that just popped up on screen and he's wearing something really silly and we're trying to figure out who he is. I'm more interested in who that guy was. Me uh, too. I think he's the geologist in the description. Wow. That guy has got some serious, serious style issues if he's a geologist. Yeah. <laughs> For the better or worse. Um, well, okay. Yes. Um, I totally agree. I feel like, you know, we need to use tools at our disposal to find the truth rather than, than the, the relayed stories. Right. And right. I mean, you've had a few personal experiences with some of this inner earth stuff. I think, you know, we're obviously going to be getting into this topic more on this channel um, from time to time, but I'd love to hear a couple of stories that you have about inner earth, John, that you might want to tell the audience. Well, uh, well, uh, there. Okay, so there was this. This is a hard thing to explain because I won't say where this is, um, but I saw. Okay, so I did a whole bunch of work on the Rorix, for instance, and Shambhala, and the, that the Rorix. The Rorix are the Rorix, Elena, Elena Rorick oh. and her husband. So they, in the 1920s, were funded by the U.S. government to. Uh, find Shambhala. Um, she, Elena Rorick had written, she had actually translated uh, one of Blavatsky's book, books into Russian. And they lived in New York City at the time, so they were also thought to have been Russian spies, uh, receiving funding from the Russians as well as the US. So they go to Tibet because, you know, they're, they're trying to find Shambhala. And, and during the expedition, um, they had disappeared for a year. So we were looking at with remote viewing, you know, what happened to them? What were they doing in that year? Most people assume they were dead. Um, at a certain point during the, their expedition, they realized that Shambhala wasn't necessarily a physical place in the earth. Shambhala was a dimensional place. And in order to get to it, they had to raise their vibration. So it's one of those, you know, uh, things where you, you, 
are going on a journey inside yourself to find yourself in order to find Shambhala, which supposedly exists in the earth as a dimensional place, right? It's like this catch 22, right? Now that the Roricks are receiving money from the Russians as well as the US government to find this place, to mystical weapons, get mystical weapons, whatever. Um, so they're probably not of the highest vibration. So they realized they had to raise their vibration to even figure out what it was. Anyway, so the weird thing about this place is that I was, I was hiking in this one area in the forest and I heard this very loud frequency, this buzz inside of my head and this very strange pressure. And, and as I was hiking around, I began to um, feel it get stronger in a certain area and I'd move out of the area and it would go away. And usually, I mean, there's, there's an electromagnetic frequency, right? There's this like electromagnetic frequency that's affecting me. And so I finally, I get in this area and I just chill out and, and just allow it because I know something very strange is happening. And in front of me, I see this whole thing open up, this whole like roundish thing open up in this field in front of me. And there is this whole other world. There's this whole other land. I mean, I, I'm like, experiencing this i'm the only one there and uh, you're on mute rob sorry was this with your third eye or was this like this was like in the 3d so what so what happens for me is that i can't tell when when there's weird things happening i can't tell the difference whether this is a super imposition of third eye over vision or a vision thing because i've got my eyes open and i'm seeing but I don't, but so there's, there's this, because I've been doing remote viewing so long, these two things begin to mix. And so, so very strange things that are happening in front of me. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been in situations where I've had aliens that appear to be physically in front of me. Right. But is this something that is a third eye imposing over the, uh, over my visual cortex somehow or optic nerves? Or not, I don't know, because it can be very bizarre and very strange. Not Almost like augmented reality, but right, and, exactly. You know, organic augmented reality. Right. And the other thing is that I see ghosts. Like visually, I see ghosts. So I don't know what it is. It might be the superimposition. So anyway, I see this though in front of me and I feel it. A lot of times when there's the feeling aspect, the the intense sensation coming from it. It is, it's literally a mix of seeing and, and receiving psychic information. Hmm. So I see this in front of me and it's this whole land. It's this whole realm, this whole world. And there are, there's a being that's right like on the other side of this window in front of me. And I literally get the distinct impression from this that it is Shambhala or Shangri-La and that this is like somehow this specific area, there's a, a construct of a portal to that location. And I think this is what the, the ultimately what the Rorics were looking for. They were trying to get access to this location. And I think people erroneously believe like the U S government, the Nazis, whoever believe that this is a physical land that you can get to, but you can't get to it unless you have a higher vibration. This is sort of like a uh, very, feels very similar to the story of, um, of the Holy grail in a way. Right. What is the Holy Grail? Like the, historically, if you look at that, it really was a, 
uh, almost like a an inner journey rather than something physical that you could grasp. It was more like, how do you find that within yourself really? And right. Sounds very similar. It, it is similar. You know, it's, it, it's a catch 22 for humans as well. Um, because, you know, humans are trying to gain something out of finding it like Indiana Jones, a lost treasure, right. Or the Nazis mm -hmm. secret weapons. But that type of vibrational state is not, conducive to actually finding it. So what are you going to do? Right? So I believe that, that probably Shambhala is, is this other dimensional world that crosses with earth that, that for whatever reason is portrayed as an inner earth deal. Um, because it could be just because of the metaphor going inside yourself is the same as going inside the earth. Right? So it could, it could literally just relate to that. You know, and then you get to these other these other things where you have. Um, I've been on the search for giants for a while, um, and Mount Shasta, for instance, has all these uh, stories. And one of those stories has to do with J.C. Brown and that cave of lost giants. Probably, I think um, 1903 was when J.C. Brown claimed to have found this, and he was looking for gold in the Cascades for a mining company. So he apparently comes across what he finds on the side of a cliff face is this rock fall, and it doesn't look natural to him. So he starts moving the rocks away. And he went 11 miles or so, 11 or 14 miles underground. This is a lava tube of some sort. And he finds at the end of this what he calls the village, where it's like all these rooms were carved out. And in these rooms, he's got uh, ancient relics like spears, uh, plates with writing on them, golden plates with writing on them. And uh, I can't remember how many mummies he found. He probably found 20 mummies or so in one room. No way. Were they yeah. huge mummies? Yeah, they were around eight feet tall. And then in another room, he found what he thought were the king and queen of this race. Um, and they were about 10 feet tall, something like that. And they were all dressed up in royal garb. So he found these things. And... Um, you know, he didn't tell anybody for about 30 years when he told people. And the only reason we know of the story is because he showed up in Stockton, California as an old man. And he was probably researching the story, going back to the cave, trying to figure out what he found and, tr you know, trying to maybe get some play out of it. But at the end of his life, no play had come from it. So he shows up in Stockton. They do like a series of reports on this old man, this crazy old man who's trying to wrangle together a bunch of people to go uh, and rifle through the cave and, you know, basically just bring it to the public's knowledge. So the Stockton record, you could actually look at these articles today. And we looked into the whole story and followed this path because I want to find this cave, right? Obviously, you know, I mean, this is like a very difficult thing to find. This is like treasure hunting. Um, and you get out into the, the Shasta area, you run into all these other crazy things that pull you off track and go down these other avenues. But he did find it because that particular uh, location was a location that these beings were, when you go into the Native American stories, these giants, the natives would fight with them, the, the natives would get eaten by them. And during an ancient cataclysm, about 12,000, 14,000 years ago, the, um, the giants, this other culture, started to move underground um, to get away from it, as did the native peoples, because in that same area, 
can find petroglyphs where the native peoples are very focused on what's happening in the sky. So everybody went underground at a certain period of time, even these giants who, uh, who had been basically ruling the earth back then. And, you know, this is one of those things. It's like this ongoing thing, like Mount Shasta is crazy and incredible with the legends. And this is this ongoing, like, uh, expedition to try to find this cave entrance. I mean, the high strangeness it's, it gets out of control. Yeah, it's strange how it's strange how much lore comes around Mount Shasta in the United States. I mean, even even to this day, like it's an ever it's a never ending rabbit hole of like weird stuff. Well, you know, you could find these these stories um, around any volcano if you dig, right? Any volcano is going to have these stories. So for instance, you've got Mount Rainier and Mount Adams, these two volcanoes next to each other, where the modern day flying saucer term, well, it's not so modern, it's like a 1950s term. The flying saucer term came out of that time, right? And that's where they saw the uh, first flying saucers, you know, and they were reported on publicly right in that area. And so you have a lot of weird stuff happening around there too. Giants though, I don't know. I mean, um, a lot of the ancient cultures were trying to escape a cataclysm and they went underground. Even, even when we looked at some of the Nephilim, the Nephilim from the Bible stories, you know, try to understand if they're real. They went underground as well. So that happens, apparently. Whoa. Well, you guys at home, we're running out of time right now, and we have barely scratched the surface of the inner earth, pun intended. But... We are going to definitely get back to this subject in a show coming soon. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed and had as much fun as we did on this episode because, um, you know, this is the stuff we live for right here. This is really interesting stuff that we can, we can find when we really start digging into these things. So, um, yeah, man, quite the journey into the metaphysical today. John, thanks so much for, for being here um, and, and hanging out and, and doing this show. And uh, yeah, did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we before we wrap up here? No, I think we covered uh, quite a bit. I mean, we definitely have to dig in deeper next time, though. <laughs> dig in deeper, yeah. Another yeah. pun. I love it. All right, you guys. Well, uh, thank you guys for being with us. And um, yeah, actually, we're uh, we're going to be starting up some some channels on uh, on on YouTube, on Rumble, on social media, and stuff like that. So make sure to check out, take a look for us, metaphysical. Um, uh, and we'll make sure we get the actual social accounts because they're going to be different on every platform. We'll make sure we get those in the descriptions below. So check those out. And uh, yeah, until next time, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys. And John, thanks again. Bye.